Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Yes, it is. Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com and streaming live on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We made it real easy for you to follow us on all those platforms. <laughs> it's at S-K-O-R North, and you can get in on the action by giving us a call at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at S-K-O-R North. What's so funny over there, Judd? The laundry list. <laughs> it's just, it's so long. There's so many ways to now listen or see us. Or see us. It's impressive. We're it's everywhere just, you want to be. It just makes me chuckle because you start and then it's like the, go down an, an entire list. And I'm working on my posture, so you can spare me those comments on Twitter. I'm trying, man. I'm, suck, I don't fault I'm sucking you by in the, the belly. I'm, work, I'm sitting up straight. I'm trying. I'm trying my best. And I don't fault you one bit. I've got the same exact problem. And if you're watching right now, you'll see this greasy, this greasy paper bag here yeah. um, if you're watching yeah. at YouTube. That's because later today uh, Danny Cunningham and I are going to have some cluster fun and anybody else on the Score North staff who wants to jump in. The LA Times, uh, they had their fast food fries power rankings mm-hmm. and I got some real problems with you people and we'll get to that okay, later this, on today at scorenorth.com. This is the worst. These are five guys by the way. This is the worst excuse to get fat that I've ever heard. <laughs> like you're actually invoking research. Says the guy who's on a diet right now. No, I know, but I'm <laughs> you're mad. just mad you can't participate. But, That's the problem. But, but I love how That's the problem. I love how these guys, especially you find a way to incorporate Look, a big helping of fries by saying this is for the It's a medium. Show. It's a medium helping of fries, all right? And I think this is serious business. And plus, I, I got some real I'm problems with that Craig, list. And you put this bag in front of me. Right you know in front how of good you. it smells. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate you right now. I'm sorry. Do you want I'm me to bitter. move the bag? I'm bitter about a lot of things. Should in I life. move the bag? Fries are are like the one thing that puts out like the most powerful oh, aroma. Like it's it was just like you just put a bag right in the middle of the table, like. What you have over there, and it's just it just engulfs like your whole mm-hmm. nose and senses. And you the hardest thing right is the car ride. Like when you're like, I'm not going to eat any of these till yeah. I get home. I'm going to sit down like a human <laughs> <laughs> at a table. And if yep. you have one, it's over. It's over. Yeah, it's They're gone it's by like, the time you get home. It's like chips. Yeah. If you buy a bag of chips at the store and on the, the ride home, mm-hmm. break it open and They're have done. one. 
Done. It's over. What There's was the done. What was the slogan? Was it Pringles that had the once, once you, you pop, pop, you can't, can't stop? stop. Yeah. yeah, that goes yeah. for any fried potato product. I mean, I'm glad that they found the slogan <laughs> for their particular fried potato product, but that is any fried potato product. So some cluster fun coming your way later today at scorenorth.com. We call it cluster fun, but this is serious business in my eyes. Fry rankings are serious, serious business, Judd. I don't blame you. Okay. I'm just bitter. All right. Because I wish I could participate, but I'm too big of a fatty you right now. You can have to a fry. Oh, okay, Manny. In the interest Manny, of research, is that not the, is that not the <laughs> stupidest thing that anybody has said in the studio ever? And people have said a lot of stupid things, including me. You can have all fry, Manny. You can have a fry. What self respecting adult yeah, you male? You have a point. Who has a twenty four pack or or whatever my gut would be called? I'm gonna admit that was pretty stupid. You can have all that fry. Was, that was a stupid thing for what me. What size say. fry is that, Ronnie? It's a medium, medium fry. Yeah, so you can't share. Those. From five guys. If it's a large, <laughs> if it's a large, you could probably sacrifice a fry. Sorry, I don't want him to share. Below, if it's anything below a large, you you, you got to be greedy with it. Don't share. I don't share. want you to share. You I don't want share. any of your stinking fries. You, can, you can't share. You can't offer it. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. You know what else is serious business? The Minnesota Vikings. That we're that's what we're here to discuss every day at noon oh, right. on Purple Daily. Daily on Score North on fifteen hundred and scorenorth.com. And Judd and I have decided for the uh, the Judd and Rob editions of of purple daily that we do an off-season position by position breakdown of your minnesota vikings so each show for the next uh, couple weeks or so we'll pick a position group and give our our thoughts our analysis our evaluations of said position group and uh we decided to start where where you always start when building a football team and that's at the quarterback position and that of course means that we discuss kirk cousins yes it does Judd, yes, your thoughts on the Vikings and the quarterback position, sir? Uh, my thoughts on, on the Vikings and the quarterback position are we are disappointed. I think it would be it would be impossible to say that you weren't disappointed by the results uh, from that position. Not statistically, okay? The statistics look good. But certainly 8-7-1 is not what you were expecting when you uh, decided to move on from Keenum, who we'll talk about, because there's certainly news involving him out of Denver. Uh, and transitioned to Cousins with a three-year, what, guaranteed, fully guaranteed, $84 million contract. But nonetheless, Kirk Cousins is coming back as your starter. Uh, you hope for far more from him in 2019. Uh, but this position, you this position, you yes, you hope for far more intangibles. You hope for far more effective play in games when, when it matters. You hope that he could do a lot more to put the team on his back in games like the last game against the Bears, where they completely collapsed, including him. Mm-hmm. So statistically, that that's the thing about this discussion is statistically, you probably can't say well there, there should be great improvement because if you're if you're a Fantasy football player, the stats were pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. But if you watch the games and you look for the intangibles and you look for the uh, potential leadership that you want from that position, you hope for more. Now, you have to be careful here because I am not saying, and he is not capable of putting this team on his back consistently week in, week out. He is not ever going to turn into a top five QB, and I don't think he's top ten. I think he's just, I think on his best days, he's just outside that group probably. Uh, But, you know, what we need to do here, and we probably need to start to do it now, 
we need to hit the reset button for what the expectations were for this position when Cousins was signed Thank you. and what this team designed it to be. This team is still designed, and as long as Zim is here, it's going to stay this way, as long as Mike is head coach, with defense first, with a quarterback and an offense that's propped up enough and good enough not to screw up games and cost you games and can be efficient enough to, let's say, score on average. What's a fair... What's a fair Amount of points to average per game offensively with this defense. 24 points? 20, yeah. 24 points. I think okay. 24 to 27 okay. in today's NFL is, so is fair. As, as of today, what we need to stop doing for anybody that thinks that Cousins was going to carry this team consistently, and I'm not saying that he, that he should be absolved from, from potentially winning a game or two. He can do that. But we need to go back to defense first, offense that's good enough, and most importantly, too, as a starting point to me, a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. Keenum was jettisoned because of the fear, and rightfully so, and and we saw Case go back to being Case in 2018 with the Broncos. He was jettisoned because of the fear that his mistakes were going to be this team's undoing offensively. Well, Cousins came in and made mistakes as well that he can't afford to make. Protection of the football is absolutely imperative. You cannot be fumbling. You have to begin, and I don't know how you get here, uh, but you have to begin to start to feel pressure in the pocket. You can't just be stripped and be like, oh, that's too bad. But I do think the reset with this team needs to be what it was previous or right around the time that Cousins was signed, which is this is a defense-first team, and the quarterback needs to be good enough to help you win games. But if you're going to go to, well, the quarterback week in, week out has to win you games, Rami, that's simply not realistic. And that's that's pretty much exactly what I was just about to say, Judd, which is that, the, to me, there are two court, two types of quarterbacks in the NFL, and there are variances within each category. There is better and worst within each category. But to me, there's two kinds of quarterbacks in the NFL for successful football teams. You have quarterbacks that win games for you, and you have quarterbacks that don't lose games for you. And like I said, there are variances within that. If you ask me, Kirk Cousins is one of the latter. He's a quarterback, or at least you hope he's one of the latter, a quarterback who doesn't lose games for you. But to me, he's one of the better quarterbacks in that category. When you look at some of the statistics and the numbers that he can throw up, and when you talk about statistics and numbers, Judd, and you say, you know, if, if you were following Kirk Cousins, from strictly a fantasy football standpoint and just looking at box scores, you would think he had a pretty good season with the Vikings this year, and you would think he's been a pretty good quarterback for the majority of his starting NFL career. The numbers maybe overblow it a little bit, but for me, Kirk Cousins did not fall short of expectations. I I, I, I like to think that Doing what we do for a living, I at least look a little bit deeper than fantasy stats and box scores, even if it is guys who I don't watch on a week-to-week basis. And watching Kirk Cousins for his years in Washington, I wasn't surprised by anything that I saw this year in Minnesota. He 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 had about the type of season that I would expect when he came to the Vikings. And I know you don't do this, Judd. Maybe you're doing it subconsciously, and I know a lot of other people do do this, is you... You're judging him on the money. You're judging him on the contract that he got, and I don't think that's fair. That's not that's not how this thing works. He got that money because he was the number one quarterback on a free agent market in a given year in a quarterback-starved league. So that was the market for Kirk Cousins in that particular offseason. If you're, if you're judging him strictly off the expectations 
that you had for Kirk Cousins, I think he delivered about what you should have expected from him. What what did he do? What did he not do this year that you expected him to do this year or not do well? Uh, when I watched him on a weekly basis, his protection of the ball fell short. The intangibles fell way short. The the ability to lead was not there, which is disappointing. But I'll throw this back on the team now and say with, with the hire of uh, Kubiak and a change in the offensive philosophy, it's upon the team now to prop him up as much as possible. So the shortcomings are not, if you throw him back out there as the quarterback that we saw in 2018, it's not going to change. The statistics will be there. The intangibles will not. And so now it becomes, it becomes upon Spielman, Zimmer, the coaching staff, Kubiak now to look at all of those things that didn't go exactly right and say, how can we gloss over them and make them as, as good as possible? And that's where this is on the team now. That's where, because you can't go to Cousins now. He's too old. You can't just say change, right? Right. I Now, I do need him to protect the ball. He can't be fumbling. I, I don't know how you're going to get to a, a spot because I don't think he has the ability, and some guys have this and some guys don't. I don't think he has that ability to feel pressure, which he should and does I'll agree with you. Okay, but this is a team that now two years ago went 13-3 and three and had Super Bowl aspirations and went out and signed Cousins because they, they saw him, probably right, very rightfully so, as an upgrade on Keenum. So now it's on them to say, okay, we brought him in, in here, and the Vikings were probably as guilty as the fan base of saying, we're paying you, go do it. But it's not going to work that way. It doesn't. So whatever the problems are, it's on the team, too, to make sure that you address those problems and its ancillary stuff around Kirk as much as possible. The other part of it, too, is, I mean, the contract, he, I mean, listen, he's not worth the amount of money that they're paying him, but the reality is they're still paying him this kind of money, and because he's making this amount of money, now we're looking at, on the other side of the ball, them having to sacrifice some guys and let some guys go in order to Help him, to your point, Judd, help prop him up, surround him with a better offensive line, surround him, you know, add a couple more weapons in the passing game, all those things. They're going to have to do those things in the draft, in free agency possibly, and because he's making so much money, whether he's worth it or not, I mean, that's not even a debate anymore, but he is still making $28 million a year, Mm -hmm. and that puts them in a position where they have to be really creative with the rest of their salary, how it's being allocated out, because now we're talking about having to let Anthony Barr go. We're talking about if, are they going to move Riley Reef to guard? If they do, they may have to restructure that contract. They may have to let Mike Remmers go. They, they're they going to have to make some sacrifices and let some other guys go just so that they can have enough money to go out and help prop Kirk Cousins up even more. And th- this also uh, comes back to the incredibly important discussion of, okay, now what's your scheme? What's your coaching yeah. like? They did... The the DeFilippo hiring did nobody any favors. They they basically it, it is mind boggling to me if you go back and and at the time we didn't see this, but now it's crystal clear. But the team is paid to see this. It's mind boggling that they didn't say okay. This guy is an upgrade, but only by this much. And by the way, we paid a lot because that's the going market rate. But now we have to get him the right coaching. We've got to get him the right scheme. And they didn't say that. 
They just m- made assumptions, which is really weird. But that's what has to be fixed now. And that's and that that starts with Kubiak. That starts with the coaching. That starts with what are you going to give him? Because this does not go back to a conversation of this ever being an offensive first team, right? This goes back to a conversation of being how can you score twenty four points per game? Because you still need your defense to be very very good, right? But you're consistent enough offensively, and this also comes back to you don't make mistakes, you don't throw picks, you don't fumble, you don't you don't you can't. Not don't. You can't have your offense sabotage your games. You just can't. Agree, 100%. Yeah. To me, that was, if you look at the Vikings as a whole, the major shortcoming this year, the thing that stopped them from reaching their full potential was less Kirk Cousins and more the defense. Not li- if, you, if, you're, if you're asking me who fell shorter of expectations, Kirk Cousins or the Vikings defense, to me it's the Vikings defense. Vikings defense, I thought first four games was very disappointing, then got good. Uh, but there were a lot of things that took place offensively too that cost you games. That that and 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 the one or two times that you needed Kirk Cousins to desperately step up and say, "Boys, I got this," he couldn't do it. So you've got to put him in position now. The when you need that, where he can. And and is the answer yes? I got no clue. But at least put yourself in position to find out. Now you got to go put ahead, yourself man. in positions to where that pick six against New Orleans on that Sunday night game doesn't happen. Because that, I mean, yeah. that when that play happened, that broke their backs for that night. They had no chance to win the game after that happened. Mm-hmm. They got to find a way to avoid stuff like that from happening. Mm-hmm. And well, the Buffalo game ne- needs to be a blip. Yeah, not a not not a game that you talk about for months. The Buffalo game, the Buffalo game in the Patriots world is. Uh, you remember that game way back when? And it's a blip in the Vikings world. It became a boulder. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's and that shows you the momentum of uh, and yeah. what, the momentum of a team and what it can do to an NFL season, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if they can get there or not, but if this is going to work, and and you know, Kirk's got three years now, so this is not long. If this is going to work as intended, there need there need to be a lot of of tweaks and adjustments made to put yourself in position to find out. So we've spent this segment talking about the current Vikings quarterback in Kirk Cousins. There is news on former Vikings quarterback Case Keenum, and we'll get into that and some other NFL news and notes. Right after this, you're listening to Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. It's Phil Mackey here from the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We've made it easier than ever to find our team-centric Minnesota sports podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just search Score North, that's S-K-O-R, and you'll find Score North Vikings, for instance, which includes Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and Vikings Ventline. Score North Wolves includes Raised by Wolves, Myron Medcalf on Hoops, and more. Score North Twins includes Touch em All, Royce on Baseball, and more, and so on. Just search Score North, S-K-O-R, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Score North. What's that supposed to mean? Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. And. Blackwell stepping up and throwing deep down the far sideline. Punt! Into the end zone. Touchdown, Jacoby Jones! How does that happen in the Denver secondary? That highlight courtesy of the Baltimore Ravens radio network, right, Manny? No, NFL and CBS. <laughs> you are. Come on. You are O for Gumbel the week. On the call. I am. You are O for the week. This is Purple Daily. I'm Rami. That's Judd Zelgad, Manny on the other side of the glass. 
And uh, why are we playing Joe Flacco highlights from CBS? Because there is a movement in the NFL today, and it concerns former Vikings quarterback Case Keenum, as the Broncos have reportedly traded for Joe Flacco and will pull the plug on Case Keenum after just one year after giving him a deal worth up to $36 million, $25 million of that guaranteed. And so now we have a changing of the guard at quarterback in Denver, John. Yeah, uh, so the the trade can officially be completed or processed, as reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter, March 13th, which is when the NFL league year begins. But this is just another reminder about the uh, crapshoot and how difficult it is to identify quarterbacks in this league for some. And the incredible thing here is we are talking about, in this case, one of the great quarterbacks of all time, right? Mm -hmm. John Elway, Hall of Fame quarterback, two Super Bowls, tremendous talent. And look now at, since he took that job in Denver, how many times he has swung at QBs. Now, Peyton, he got Peyton, and Peyton won a Super Bowl for, for him. But I remind you, that was not exactly Peyton in Peyton's prime. That was a Peyton who who knew how to get through the season with a great defense. Uh, but But for as much as we might criticize the Vikings about Cousins and the decision to give him that contract and sign him ultimately... The fact was the Vikings were right on one thing, and that's that Case Keenum had a great 2017 pop-up year. Bradford got hurt in game one. Keenum came in and started, what, 14 games played in 15. The team goes 13-3, and wins a playoff game. And the Vikings rightfully so said, this guy is basically a career backup. It ain't going to last. And they were exactly right. But this gets back to, I've got a list right here of potential starting quarterbacks from 2018 who might be out of jobs okay. now. It includes Case Keenum. Tannehill in Miami, Flacco now being replaced and traded by Baltimore, Blake Bortles, thank God, in Jacksonville, Uh, Eli, the Giants, maybe, don't know, but he certainly could be, Uh, and and then I believe that Bruce Arians says he's going to give it a try with Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay, but I'm not convinced of that yet. But the point being is the Vikings' problem is, is a problem held by many franchises, and that's the conundrum of trying to identify a quarterback who can be the guy long-term. It's the hardest position to scout in all of sports, and part of that is just how much rests on that guy when you talk about the success of a franchise, but it, it really just does seem like the hardest position to evaluate in all of professional sports, Judd. And, and maybe that is just these teams hope so much that these guys will be the savior of the organization, that they heap these expectations on them. And some of the expectations are inherent with how high quarterbacks are taken in drafts with how much money they make. We run into that here with Kirk Cousins. And I I think sometimes those things throw off the expectations of, of not just fans, but I think even sometimes front offices fall for that. They 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 want to believe so badly that this is the guy and that this is the savior for a franchise that they they maybe put too much expectation into a guy and and want a little bit too much out of him and and more than what he can even give, more than what he's got in him. I I think that NFL franchises a lot of the time are expecting too much from their quarterbacks. And the the Flacco thing is really interesting because he's basically being pushed out of the door in Baltimore because they think that he's basically cooked. Right. That's why they went and drafted Lamar Jackson and, and evidently started him in a playoff game and were very reluctant to even go to Joe Flacco in that playoff game when Lamar Jackson was struggling. 
And now I look at Denver and I, I say, okay, you're trading for Flacco. Because I thought I thought Denver would say, okay, well, we're going to try and swing for the fences again on a young quarterback. They got the 10th pick in the draft. Right. But now with them going trading for Flacco, that makes me think that they think that he's going to be the their guy right. for the next three to five years or whatever. Because if they're going to like draft a quarterback, why not just just rolling with Keenum and let Keenum be the bridge guy until the, the young guy's ready. But think about this. We're talking about one of the great quarterbacks of all time who literally now every every year after the Broncos gets done goes to the bargain bin basement and says, I'm going to try and find one. I'm going to try and find one. Yeah. I'm going to, okay. Um, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but no, but Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah. I, and and I think I think that Elway has the same problem now, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that Spielman has, which is it's sort of this gun-shy, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I'm going to – I'll just pay this one a ton. Hopefully it works. And – and with Spielman, I'm not surprised because I say, okay, it's Rick. He, I don't think, I don't think that Rick has ever, because I think that Teddy was more Norv and Mike's guy. But I don't think that Rick has ever really hit on a quarterback and done a great job there. But that's Rick, and so you're not shocked. But in the case of Elway, in the I, case of John Elway, going out now year after year, and it's like, okay, now it's going to be Peyton. Now I'm going to try and draft one. Now it's going yeah. to be Case Keenum. Now it's going to be Flacco. He just keeps taking swings, and this is a guy who was as good at that position in his era as almost anybody. And I wonder if completely whiffing on Paxton Lynch has just got him scared now to even draft a guy, to even think about drafting a guy, because he doesn't want to, you know, like I said, they got the 10th pick in the draft. Maybe he's just thinking, I don't want to invest that pick on a quarterback again and potentially miss and set the franchise back even further. But it's like, and he's got where a defensive are you going to go coordinator, with? too, now. Yeah. He's got a Zimmer, yeah. hey, we're going to draft my defensive guy right. with a 10th pick. Yeah. So you might be right, Manny. But I think, I mean, we, we see this in sports. It's not unique to John Elway, guys who are great at what they do on the playing field, but not necessarily great at either teaching or evaluating players. I mean, look at Michael Jordan yeah. in Charlotte and how many times... He's missed yeah. on talent evaluations and draft picks and free agent signings. Remember when Magic Johnson tried coaching the Lakers? Yes. In the mid-90s? I tried to disaster. forget it, Manny, but yes. <laughs> it was a disaster. I was just going to go with, with the Rami line. Yes, I do, and I've tried to forget it. I mean, that and when he hosted a late-night talk show were two. What? I remember that. The Magic Hour. I remember that, yes. But, but the incredible thing with Elway is, like six is aside, aside from bringing in a broken down Peyton, which worked, he has swung and missed just continue. Like, you would think that yeah. John Elway would stumble on one, right? Right. Like, that he would, okay, I found one. Right. He hasn't even, and I, this is, to me, the quarterback position is so intriguing and interesting because we point at the successes, right? You know, Pat Mahomes, of course they, of course now they, the Chiefs came up in that draft and got him. It makes perfect sense. Let me refer you, gentlemen, though, and this is my favorite quarterback draft because this shows you I love how when counselor Judd puts how his glasses difficult. on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> permission to treat is hostile. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my Jack McCoy here, and I'm gonna give you guys an example of how difficult I believe it is to identify and be right on a quarterback. The 2011 National Football League draft. All right. Mm-hmm. First pick in that draft, Cam Newton, Carolina. Worked out just fine. I mean, Cam might have his faults, but he's Cam. He's fine. After that, though, it becomes what I like to call the musical quarterback draft. 
Number eight in that draft to Tennessee, a player who began, I believe, that draft year as the presumed top pick overall, then in projections fell as low as like 20th, got up to eight. Jake Locker, now retired, taken by the Titans, all right? Mm. Number 10 in that draft, another guy who at some point in time came in as the guy who was going to be taken first overall, and then his value plummeted, rightfully so, career backup, but taken at the time by Jacksonville, 10th, Blaine Gabbard. J.J. Watt, just for reference, went with the next pick, 11th overall to Houston. Taken 12th overall, the desperate Minnesota Vikings, Christian Ponder. Oof. All right. Oof. Then we continue to uh, go through that draft. The, Why are you hurting people? The 30, but but here, but here, <laughs> but here's what makes it interesting. The 35th pick in that draft. So second round pick by the Bengals. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Who, who, if you redrafted, if you restructured this thing now, is a surefire first round pick. I know he's not great, but I just gave he's you better than all the other guys. I gave you some garbage, yeah. And then immediately taken after Dalton at thirty six by the 49ers, Colin Kaepernick. Mm. So that draft to me, if you were to ever teach a college course, if someone was to say, "Oh, it's easy," yeah, the, 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 what the Chiefs did was perfect. Yeah, you, you got to do that. So for anybody that says, and this is why I think you take flyers on QBs, but this is what makes it so interesting and difficult. This is a college course on the difficulty of being right here. Yeah, it's. I mean, like it's one of it. It is, if not the hardest, one of the hardest positions to evaluate in all of sports. When you're talking about drafting or starting or who's who's better, who's worse, it is, if not. If not the hardest, one of the hardest things to evaluate in all of pro sports. And if you're wrong, whoo, boy, it can break you. It can you're break you as an organization. Oh yeah. yeah. But with this news that Case Keenum is is out in Denver, and going back to our position by position breakdown of the Vikings, and we broke down the quarterback position in the first segment. I don't know if this constitutes as reckless speculation. Speculation. Let me try that again. Reckless speculation. Judd, do you have any interest whatsoever in bringing back Case Keenum to back up Kirk Cousins for your Minnesota Vikings? I would rather take a chance on Kyler Murray if he's there at 18. Oh, my God. Then I would bring back Case Keenum. No, I have have, uh, none. It was lightning in a bottle. It was magic. It was the greatest summer of a teenage boy's life. He met, he, he met the girl of his dreams, but guess what? They went to college. It ended. But you wouldn't want him back as like a backup? Not really, no. You don't think he's a better backup than like Trevor Simeon? I do, but the problem is it would turn into a complete circus. I would rather, if I'm going to freak out Kirk... I, I would prefer it be a young QB who just might replace Kirk. Yeah. Case Keenum, unless Kirk gets hurt, Case is not going to play. I see where you're going, and I'm not saying it's dumb. I see what you're saying. I no. just, I would probably be, I think it was a once-in-a-lifetime season for Case. And if he's your backup, that's going to bring back a lot of questions about, hey, Kirk Cousins struggling this game, start Case. I just wouldn't want to do it. Because the moment. I believe in distractions, but no. No, I do. Like, <laughs> you I'm, embrace distractions. I, no, no, no. I, be, I, believe, <laughs> I believe that distractions for sports teams are real. If, if they can be avoided, yeah. should be. Right. And, and I the, think Case Keenum is a distraction. And the moment, if, if they did bring Case back, the moment Kirk Cousins throws his first pick of 2019, Correct. That's people my, are going to be. Clamoring for Case Keenum to be put into the game. I, I think yeah. you guys are right, because correct me if I'm wrong, still sort of the new guy around here, but I get the sense that 
Case Keenum is held in high regard by Vikings fans because people, and it's not, it's Probably not higher u- regard than he should be. It's not unique to Minnesota, but fan bases yes. love an overachiever. And Case Keenum overachieved in his time in Minnesota. So I get the sense that some Vikings fans still sort of hold a candle for this guy. I would agree completely. And if if you bring that into the locker room yes. to back up your $28 million quarterback, yes. it's not going to take long for the natives to get restless well, when Kirk Cousins fumbles or throws an interception and start the rallying cry for bring back Case. And the other thing that, that factors into what you just said, which I believe to be true, is this. I believe that there are probably people who play on the Vikings offense who hold Keenum in higher regard than Kirk Cousins. And I don't need that. So you think but, it goes beyond the, the fan perception? I would not be surprised if there's a few guys, <clears throat> perhaps number 19, I would not be surprised if there's a few guys who hold... Uh, and, and, Can't imagine who you're talking and, about. And Case was, a, Case was a likable guy. And I think Case was, Case was sort of more, in my estimation, a surfer, laid-back dude. But I think he could lead. And so, yeah, I believe that the presence of Keenum as a backup quarterback with a healthy Cousins would open a can of worms I don't want to open. And back to the uh, reality of this move that the Broncos made today. This just came across my timeline. Uh, the Action Network, which is, I mean, as far as sports betting follows, are, are one of the more legitimate sports betting follows that you can have. Uh, they just tweeted out, Broncos Super Bowl odds before the Flacco trade, 60-1. to 1. Judd, what would you say the Broncos Super Bowl odds are after the Flacco trade? I wouldn't have moved him a ton. I'd um, fifty-seven to one. It's probably sixty to one, isn't it? Sixty to one. I wouldn't have moved him. It went from sixty to one to Does sixty Flacco to one. Does Flacco have a thing left at this point? I, I, I've never been a huge Joe Flacco Maybe. guy myself. Well, he had the great playoff run, two thousand twelve. That year, what like that, twelve touchdowns, no picks, or something ridiculous, yeah. or seventy. That something. highlight that we played at the start of the segment—that's from that playoff game against the Broncos. Okay. So he he had that playoff run, which was fantastic. But has he? And I'm not even saying he's a bad quarterback. I just don't remember, and I might be wrong about this. An extended period of play beyond that, where you said to yourself, "I love that guy." That that playoff run, that's what got him paid. Yeah, which you know, and he should be. I mean, good, more good, power to good him. for him. I mean, he won a Super Bowl and was the MVP. But that's basically that four game stretch where he was unbelievable is what got him that that big contract. And he's had some what neck problems and some back problems and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I. It's going to be very interesting to me though if the Broncos now with Flacco try and go to a Vikings like blueprint, which is we've got a former defensive coordinator as our coach. We're going to try and be again lights out on defense and good enough on offense. We have more NFL news, notes, and rumors to run through on Purple Daily, including one that also just came across my timeline about a star wide receiver and him potentially getting traded, and it's not the one who's been in the headlines the last few days demanding a trade. Well, you're good. Talk about that next on Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. This feels right. Let's pursue this further. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. It's 
Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makhlouf along with Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. Some NFL news and notes to run through here before we wrap things up and make way for Touch Em All and talk some twins with myself, uh, Phil Mackey, and Derek Wetmore live from uh, Twin Spring Training. Uh, this just came across my timeline, my Twitter timeline, as we were going into the break. Um, a lot of talk the last few days about Antonio Brown. He's demanded a trade. He's already said his farewells to the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base. Another controversial wide receiver now maybe on the trade block. The latest source of Odell Beckham trade talks <laughs> comes from Jay Glazer, who writes in his latest piece at The Athletic, I predict Odell Beckham Jr. gets traded this offseason. Glazer made clear that this is a prediction, not a report but it underscores the fact that talk of a Beckham trade is not going away, although the Giants have consistently said they're not trading him. They may see that more as a way to maximize his trade value than an ironclad guarantee that he won't be moved. That's intriguing because uh, Glazer ordinarily reports stuff like that after talking to somebody who knows something. Yes. He's not He's not going to make that up. Um, this, you know what? I'm going to give you a Viking positive. These two guys who are phenomenal athletes and players... Bring me back to to the fact that the Vikings are beyond fortunate to have two receivers who, for the most part, are as low-maintenance as you could possibly find. Like, when you consider the amount of BS that Brown and Beckham put make you go through, right? Diggs and Thielen are as low-maintenance as possible. Here's my question for both of you guys. If your choice is between... Brown and Beckham, and not just in talent, but also in in uh, baggage and the fact that you know you know that they're going to be phenomenal players at times, but you know that they are going to do stupid things and be a pain. Which one do you take, Brown they, or Beckham? <laughs> like if you could trade for one, and, and but knowing everything, so not just oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Brown's the best receiver, but knowing what the baggage ratio is as well. So I'm giving you everything, including them as human beings. Which one do you take? To me, it seems like Brown is probably less of a distraction or a plot problem in a locker room than Odell Beckham Jr. is. Yeah, we, I mean, we, I agree. We, we haven't really heard anything until until the last few weeks of this NFL season, anything about Antonio Brown being disgruntled or last, being a problem last within year, the Steelers. He on, he live-streamed on Facebook the post-game stuff. Yeah, he did. And it and and in football that's taboo. Yeah, but that was just kind of that was just kind of a, in my eyes at least a stupid slip up and a guy doing something that he didn't know that he shouldn't be doing and, and you should know that but that's a whole different thing than Odell Beckham Jr.'s antics and everything that he does to bring attention in not the greatest way to the New York Giants. I feel like with with AB it's more like he his he was with Pittsburgh for a long time and I think it just. His time there just sort of, his act wore very, very thin. And I think it was just more of a, in his case, it was just more of a need for a change of scenery for him. Now he's, you know, he's been in the news for things outside of football in the last few weeks. We know about that too, but that's a whole nother discussion. But I think in the case of him, it's just more of like, it's probably just time for both both teams to just go their separate ways. With Odell, I mean, as good as he is, this it's been like this since day one, mm-hmm. since since his rookie year with the Giants. And he's been terrific, one of the best in the league, but his antics have been going on basically his entire time with the Giants. I will say this, though. When, when you ask that question, you have to factor in the fact that 
Antonio Brown is 30 years old. Yeah. And Odell Beckham Jr., only 26. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. has That's a, great point. a few more good years than Antonio That's Brown true. has left in him in the tank. For all the headache, and I'll, I'll tell you flat out right now, for all the distractions that both these guys bring, I'd, I'd take either of them on my Boy, football team good. tomorrow. Both of them are they're fantastic. that good. I'd take yeah. either one of them on my football team tomorrow. I don't, I don't think there's such a problem. And I agree with you, Judd, that distractions are real. It's not something right. that's media contrived. But I, I think that both of these guys outweigh whatever, whatever detractors they have, whatever distractions they might bring to to a locker room in an NFL franchise. I think what they do on the field, both of them outweighs that. And I'd take either one of them on my team in a heartbeat. If you were making me pick between the two, the, those four years, especially a four year age difference That's is really always is always yeah. a big deal. But those four years, especially from 26 to 30, those might be the most important four years in an NFL career, especially for a wide receiver. Yeah. I think Brown is past the point now at that at that age, and basically, basically Antonio Brown is a better Jimmy Butler. So I think at this point he's past the point of explains why they're buddies. Exactly, but I don't, but I don't <laughs> think he's going to go somewhere and change at all. I so I think he could go to the Patriots. He could go whatever team he goes to. I think he's going. To, he's going to take this act along. To your Beckham point about age, I would be curious, and this is something else in football that's very important to me: the culture the culture of the franchise that you go to. And I wonder if you got Beckham in a culture that was, because, you know, the Giants, the Giants, that's New York, that's the Post, that's continual coverage. Uh, God bless Pat Shermer, because I think he's a great OC, but I don't know that, that he's a head coach. And I don't know that the Giants have had a real head coach material type guy since Coughlin was good and, and had his fastball. So if you took Beckham, at his age now, and transplanted him to a stabilized environment, I wonder if you could, I'm not saying change him, but calm him down a bit. And Because I, I think with Brown, the antics keep up. He's not going to change. With Beckham, if you put him in a Patriots-like culture, if you put him in the right infrastructure... Please don't let him go to the Patriots. Well, I don't think he will. But, the love of God but and all are, that's good in this But world. there are teams, I'll tell you what, I think the Vikings have a pretty good culture now. I think the Vikings have established they used to be a dumpster fire. I covered that. Mm-hmm. But I think the Vikings now have gotten to gotten to the point now where their infrastructure, their coaching staff, their veteran players are pretty good as far as people go. Wait, are you advocating for the Vikings to trade for Odell Beckham? Absolutely Jr.? not. Because they've got two receivers. <laughs> but I but but this, but this comes back to, to the discussion that we had on uh the show a couple days ago about Kareem Hunt. And I have serious doubts about the Cleveland Browns. I think they're an improving club, and I think that they've got something good going. I don't know yet if they are in a position, though, to take a player like that and have it work. That would that brought up doubts. Now, I think there are teams that can, and I think a guy like Kareem Hunt 1,000% needs the right environment. And I don't know if Cleveland's the best place. But back to Beckham, I think if you put him in a position or with a team that has an established foundation and good veteran guys, that that could make a difference. I don't know about you guys, but when with Odell Beckham, like the some of the stuff he does doesn't bother me, and I feel like it's overblown. Like some of his touchdown celebrations, even if yeah. 
Like the 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 raising his leg like a dog and peeing on the field, like which John Randall did in the nineties. So let's let's all calm down. I thought that was hilarious. And for everybody who's like, "What do I tell my kids?" Well, just take them out and show them a dog peeing, and that's what he did. You know what I mean? Like peeing is not something that you can't explain to your kids. Yes, everybody pees. Like that's not something that you you should have that hard of a time explaining to your kids. But and like beating up the field goal net on the sidelines, I don't. Care about that, but where I draw the line, and not just with Odell Beckham, but with any professional athlete, is when a guy goes in front of microphones and goes in front of cameras and starts questioning authority and and letting people in on family business and stuff that's going on within a locker room or within an organization that right. he's not satisfied with. That to me is the beginning of a downfall of a head coach and maybe even an organization, especially when you're a wide receiver, right? And but yeah. that's that's my point about culture. Yeah, if you if you have the right veteran guys in place, that doesn't happen. And I'll tell you what, the first time, if you have the right team, the first time a guy goes to a kicking net and melts down, you grab that guy by the collar and say, no, we don't do that here. And it works. This is sports. This isn't this isn't geniuses. This is sports. It's emotion. And so if you have the right guys to go to Odell Beckham and say, look, we don't air our dirty laundry. We don't talk about this. We don't talk about that. Go out there and be great. And if you're great, guess what? People are going to pay attention. They don't pay attention to you in a good way because you you melt down on a kicking net. They right. pay attention to you because you, you make these one-handed catches that nobody can believe. But this goes back to my to my point about there are X amount of teams that can absorb that guy into their system and it can work. One more uh one or two more things I wanted to get to before we wrapped up the show today elsewhere in the NFL. I don't do you remember back in October and people have been digging this up when uh then Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury was just heaping praise on Kyler Murray and said if he had the number one it was when uh Texas Tech was going against uh Oklahoma and and so he was talking about Kyler Murray, the opposing quarterback, blah, 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 and how great he is. said if he had the number one pick in the NFL draft, he would take Kyler Murray. Well, now Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and he has the number one pick in the NFL draft. That's, that's something that happened. That's a hypothetical Cliff Kingsbury said back in October that actually played out that I don't think he saw actually playing out when he said those things. So now the speculation is... Or did he? <laughs> that's possible, too. The speculation is that after one year and after using their first-round pick on Josh Rosen last year... They shop him around, trade him, and take Kyler Murray with the first pick. And Cliff Kingsbury is hearing that chatter and said yesterday, our feelings toward Josh haven't waned or changed or anything. I get we have the first pick in the upcoming draft, and so there's going to be a million scenarios over the next three months that are going to come up. But no, Josh is our guy. Do you believe him? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Why would I ever believe a coach of any team or a GM? No, no, I don't. Uh, I think that if the Cardinals are smart, too, that they they will weigh the options of trading that draft choice and possibly shop Rosen as well. So, no, I, I think he's saying exactly what he feels he needs to say, but I don't believe him for one second. Do you? I don't think you need to use the number one pick on Kyler Murray. Like, I think he's going to be high on draft boards. I don't think he'll be. I, don't, I haven't seen him number one on any of the draft boards or, or mock drafts that I that I check out on a somewhat regular basis. So to me, they could get an absolute bounty if they package the first pick and Josh Rosen 
and move down, say, to like number four or Ooh, five. I didn't see this coming. And get Kyler Murray there and, 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 and snag up three or four other draft picks with that package of the number one pick in this year's draft and Josh Rosen, who was their first-round pick last year and had a decent rookie season. And don't forget, too, that, that Murray now has to go through the most important gauntlet, right? The combine, the draft hype, interview process. Mm-hmm. And so the combine is going to uh, make a very important determination of sort of where, where he falls. But yeah, Kingsbury is smart here because Kingsbury is is going to keep every option open. So now I didn't see your scenario coming, but that's an intriguing one. I don't I don't think that they would be that aggressive. But uh, yeah, you could definitely you could definitely position yourself. Now Rosen is an interesting case because if you guys recall, he was sort of uh, looked at sideways and fell because he was, and I love this one, too smart. Brash. He was too mm-hmm. yeah, brash and too smart. Yeah. Which He's intri- very opinionated on things outside of football. Which completely intrigues well, yeah. me. If I'm an executive, yeah. that I would like intrigue me. Yeah. But yeah, I don't believe, I, at face value, I don't believe Cliff Kingsbury for once. How attractive a, a package is that, though? If you're the Cardinals and, yeah. and you go into draft day and you say, look, not only do we have the number one pick in this year's draft on the table, if you're interested, we have a quarterback who we took in the first round last year, who a lot of people project could be a franchise quarterback. We have that as a package on the table for you right now. When was the last time that was available for a team in a trade? The first pick in this year's draft and a first-round quarterback, potentially franchise quarterback from last year's draft. (laughs) That's a really attractive trade package for teams around the NFL, I would suspect. And I would think that they'd be willing to give up Quite a bit in return, and then you can get Kyler Murray at four or five. He gets his guy, yeah, and he and he and yeah. he, and he gets four or five more draft picks with it. Wow, mind blown right there, Rami. I didn't see that. That's what coming. I do, I blow minds. Manny, my mind is blown. He just suggested something I never saw coming. <laughs> I amazing. To, I have to leave. I have yeah, to you go. have time to rest. Becky and Judd with Rami. It'll be back at four o'clock. Judd will recover hopefully by then. And uh, I'll be I'll be sticking around to talk some twins with Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore on Touch 'Em All. I'll try to blow more minds on that show right after this on Score North on fifteen hundred and ScoreNorth.com.